The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Welcome once again to It Came From Radio, the official of the Vagabagon. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have none other than Pronto Comics' very own, well, it's actually our very own, Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Man Sprano. But you also are Pronto Comics' very own, right? I'm, yeah. I'm a lot of people's very own, which kind of makes you wonder if I'm really (laughs) anyone's own or how exclusive I could truly be. So everyone, you're, everyone you're, wants a piece of me, Mark. Everyone a, needs something from me. You're a comic creator of the night, as as yep. they used to say. <laughs> yeah, basically. On this week's show, we're going to have another Jaybird and Lee segment. We have our very own Pronto Comics, very own Dominic Definition Man Sprano, DSS. That's um, me. Executive producer. <laughs> yeah. With his comic pick of the week, and um, I have a uh, interview, exclusive interview with uh, Nassau Collectors Marketplace and Long Island Comic Book Expo event organizer Greg Iosa. Before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's more than time. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Connor, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention is on the 17th of July. It is the Big Apple Silver Anniversary Prequel Expo. I'm on a new date with headliner Rob Liefeld. And we, our show, has a contest to give away free passes to that event. If you go to our YouTube page, and comment on our latest live show, um, you'll be entered to win, and the winners will be announced at the end of June. So make sure you guys do that. So make sure you came for real YouTube page. Also, the show is brought to you in part by the fine folks at sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. And finally, the show is brought to you in part by the fine folks at the CradleCon, which is having their first annual in-person pop shop on July 17th. That day sounds familiar. And July 18th at the Cradle of Aviation in, New, in Long Island, New York, New York, Long Island. It is a one-stop shop for all things comics, toys, collectibles, and pop culture. Tickets are on sale right now, right now, at cradle, uh, www.cradleofaviation.org, not nut, .org, or com.org. And I want to give a shout-out for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portes, Newsday Famous Drizzle Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Hurricane, and Yasmin and Ray. If you want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com. Look, we came for you and you search for it. And just for a dollar, you can get a shout-out. Oh, man, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, man. Oh, all right, so let's start with the sad news. Actor John Gabriel died recently um, as of this recording, which is uh, June 16th, uh, 2021. No cause of death has been announced. Uh, John appeared in such films as Return of the Superfly, It's My Turn, The Hiding Place, Hell's Bloody Devils, Stagecoach, Sex and the College Girl, and South Pacific, just to name a few. On a small screen, 
John appeared in such shows as Days of Our Lives, Generations, The Incredible Hulk Returns, um, Kate and Alley, Heart to Heart, General Hospital, and Love of Life, just to name a few. Of course, John is perhaps best known for his role as Dr. Senaka, S-E-N-C-A, Sencha, Senicha? Mm. Uh, Bialik, B-E-A-U-L-A-K, in 726 episodes of the daytime soap Ryan's Hope, which obviously I never saw, from 1975 to 1989. Taking I'd say a break. it's Seneca. Seneca? All right. I'll go with Seneca. Seneca Bulek? Yeah. yeah, why not? Uh, so he was on Ryan's Hope from 1975 to 1989, taking a break from 1985 to 1988. Of note, John was the original actor cast as William Hinckley, which is the professor in the unaired pilot of Gilligan's Island. So um, it's it's been it's actually has been aired, but it's not in canon. It's black and white uh, original uh, Gilligan's Island right. with uh, the secretaries, as opposed to Ginger and Marianne. And he was uh, the professor, and he was a high school professor, high school teacher. Got it. So he was William Hinckley. That's that's the professor's real name. The hmm. trivia buffs out there. Um, he was a spry ninety years old. Um, I take it you've never seen uh, Ryan's Hope, have you? No, I never saw Ryan's Hope. I'm I'm looking at, um, and I'm now I don't recognize this man at all. So I don't know if I've really ever I've seen him in anything. I'm not sure. I'm I'm seeing what he's done, but. Like nothing, he doesn't pop out to me, unfortunately. I can say for a hundred percent fact, I have seen the pilot of Gilligan's Island. Of I'm a very big Gilligan's Island fan, and and for for you fans out there, the skipper's uh, real name is uh, Jonas Grumpy, <laughs> and Gilligan's real name, although never said on the show, his name was Willie Gilligan. So how about that? There you go. That was actually Willie Gilligan. That's Willie Gilligan. A, yes. It's a horrible name. <laughs> That's why I guess they never used it in the series. Seriously, that's just a terrible name. The only thing I've I've seen him in is probably he was in El Dorado with um, John Wayne and and Robert Mitchum. And I've seen it a million times because my father watches it all the time. But he was a bit player in that. So So he was that guy. (laughs) He wasn't even that guy. He played... He played a guy named Pedro. So, like, it was another classic example of a Caucasian at the time playing <laughs> yes. a Hispanic Latino person, yes. as they often did. But that's it. Like, uh, I, and he's had such a distinguished career. It looked, and he, he was—he seemingly was on everything in the eighties and the nineties. Right. Once, once again, he was in everything. But like he I was, said, for yeah. me personally, that and like I said, if you were a big fan of Ryan's Hope, seven hundred and twenty eight episodes, that's a that's a lot of that's a lot of acting right there. Yeah, I mean he did like the whole the love boat, six million dollar man, Mary mm-hmm. Tyler Moore show, as you said, you know, like so he was even he was in the Incredible Hulk. Uh the the Incredible Hulk returns. Yes, Incredible Hulk returns. That was the reunion movie with Thor. Mm-hmm. Which was the I remember first, that. I, I remember that. I just don't remember him right at all. So I feel terrible. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't but know. here's somebody you do remember for the next bit of sad news, which I'm excited about for for no reason. <laughs> Actor Ned Beatty also died recently right. of natural causes. 
Uh, Ned appeared in such films as Here We Go, Deliverance, The Life and Times of George Roy Bean, The Thief Who Came to Dinner, The Last American Hero, White Lightning, All the President's Men, The Big Bus, Network, Silver Street, Exorcist 2, The Hederic, Superman and a sequel, Superman 2, 1941, Hopscotch, The Incredible Shrinking Woman, Stroker Ace, Back to School, The Big Easy, Fourth Protocol, The Trouble with Spies, Switching Channels, Midnight Crossing, The Purple People Eater, Time Tracker, The Ministry of Vengeance, Angel Square, Repossessed, Love that movie, Hear My Song, Prelude to a Kiss, Rudy, Ed and His Dead Mother, Replicator with a K, Radio Land Murders, The Affair, He Got Game, Life, Thunderpants, Charlie Wilson's War, The Killer Inside Me, Toy Story 3, Wrangle, and Baggage Claim, just to name a few. On the small screen, Ned appeared in such shows slash TV movies, slash made for TV movies as Footsteps, Dying Room Only, The Deadly Tower, Attack on Terror, FBI vs. the Ku Klux Klan, Tail Gunner, Joe, Szyznik, S-Z-Y-S-Z-Y-N-K, Szyznik, A Friendly Fire, The Violation of Sarah McDavid, Splendor in the Grass, Kentucky Woman, The Last Days of Pompeii, The Last Train Home, Illusions, and Homicide on the Street, just to name a few. Whew. And that's a little bit of what this man has done. Yeah, he, he, now, Ned Beatty, yeah, I recognize him, obviously, from Superman playing Otis. All he wanted was his own little place called Otis. Otisville. Otis, was it Otisburg Otis, or Otisville? Otisburg. He was Otis, <laughs> yeah. I can never forget Gene Hackman's like, Otisburg. Just, just saying it over and over and slowly losing his mind. Like, how dare you? Because, like, every other, every other, you know, New California, everything was going to be, you know, Casa de Lex and Lexville and Lex this and Lex Luther that. And everything was going to be like, he couldn't let his poor, stupid henchman have Otisburg. But, he, no, he'd been in a million things. And I know you were a, a huge fan of Rudy. No, I wasn't. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't you? That wasn't me. I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was our senior correspondent Charlie Salazar. Probably, probably because uh, yeah. Sean Ashton wasn't really right. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of you two. Well, I know both of you interviewed him, and one of you were talking about that was Charlie. Charlie was at, talking there, about. There you, go. I, there you go. I purposely did not talk to him about Lord of the Rings, right? Because as much as I loved Lord of the Rings, and as cool as it was to have interviewed Samwise Gamgee, I wasn't gonna be wasn't gonna pull the Chris Farley and be like. You know, when you carried Frodo on <laughs> on your back and and brought him, that was awesome. So, my a lot of my questions actually were revolving around Fifty First Dates. Ah, okay. Yeah. So he was a uh, spry eighty three years old. Ooh. And uh, for the last bit of sad news. Uh, only three this time. Uh, oh, Lisa okay. Baines, actress Lisa Baines, also died recently from a brain injury caused by a hit and run. Uh, Lisa appeared in such films slash made-for-TV movies as Without Limits, Dragonfly, Legally Blondes, the sequel, uh, Gone Girl, A Cure for Wellness, The Hotel, New Hampshire, Miami Rhapsody, Cocktail, Young Guns, Combustion, Alice in Porter, One Police Plaza, A Killer Among Us, The Presence, Revenge on the Highway, A Family Torn Apart, Cries from the Heart, Avenging Angel, My Son is Innocent, Last Exit to Earth, Land, Mother, oh, Last Exit to Earth, and Mother, May I Sleep with Danger, just to name a few. Um, also, Lisa appeared in such shows as The Trials of Rosie O'Neill, Too Rich, The Secret Life of Doris Duke, Legacy, I did watch that show, uh, One Life to Live, Son of the Beach, and Royal Pains, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a young 65 years old. Mm-hmm. She was very active, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's sad that it was a hit and run that did her in. So she you know, had many more years to go. Where was this in, in Manhattan? Uh, it doesn't say. Yeah, it's a yeah. I have it right here on um, 
IMDb. She died on June 14th in Manhattan, New York City, uh, from the hit and run. It is unfortunately an epidemic in the city where people get um, hit. I think she. I think it was like a scooter or, or a yes, motorcycle. Yes, the, the little. Yes. I I lost someone um, very important to me in uh, 2016 that way. Uh, he got hit by a motorcycle just crossing the street. It's it's an epidemic. There's a whole thing. Um, the traffic violence, I believe it's called. I, as a, as a, as a slight tangent, um, I've driven, I used to drive a lot in the city. Uh, I used to be a designated uh, driver for drunk people. Right, yes. And there were a lot of times that I'm like, I can see how many accidents and stuff could possibly happen because either one or both people were not paying attention where they were going. Happens a lot. It says 30% of New Yorkers have been injured in traffic crash, while 7% of New Yorkers yeah. know someone who's been injured or killed in a traffic yeah. crash. It's, it's really bad. Um, yes. And that's from uh, NYC Streets blog. I forgot what the name. There is a non-for-profit um, charity out there for for safer streets in in New York City. And it, it really is an epidemic. And it not only is it an epidemic, it's an epidemic that no one seems to um, care about. It's, it's like it's an unseen, unknown. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree with that assessment. I you know. 100%. And when I say nobody, I mean like the general public at large. Yes, yes. It's not I, that they don't care. They just don't realize how it, bad it's not, it is. It's, I, think the, I think the term you're looking for is not recognized. There you go. Say I'm helping. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. So let's but let's move on to happier news. Well, not well, as sad news unless you have a, a finish. Yeah, finish I would just thought. have something like uh, Safe City, Safe Streets program. I believe is the one that I've been thinking of. So I would just say if you have lost or know someone who's uh, been a victim of of traffic violence, and you're looking for a way to uh, make a difference or reach out, look into Safe City, Safe Streets. Or give a donation to them. All right. Yeah, that was that was very nicely. We'll turn around. Very good job with that. Um, so let's Thank move you. on to uh, the not as sad news. I tell you, I like uh, doing the show like this because I have you know something right in front of me. I can just Google all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> virtual distance show. That's a benefit. All right. That is. This is a benefit. Yes. Um, from the, it's the death of Superman all over again department. As reported on a previous episode, none other than Keanu Reeves' comic, Berserker, issue number one, which is going to be turned into a film and anime series starring none other than Keanu Reeves, has broken all kinds of records for Kickstarter, pulling in $1,447,212 in complex sales. The book, which came out in March, has found its way to places such as eBay, where one person is trying to sell 432 copies of said books for a bundle price of $529. Another has 120 copies in an unopened box for the price of $599. And for those of you who want to spend a little less, there is a collection of 408 copies for just $499. As of this recording, none of those books have been resold. It makes you think... How many actual comic book fans have bought this book? And out of that, how many actually read it? 
I don't know, but I'm just, you know, looking it up here and you can get it for $13.49 for like the trade paperback on Amazon. So uh, clearly the people that bought it are not familiar with the famed comic book bubble of the 90s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or the Death of Superman fiasco where everyone's thinking this is going to be worth something. And I've, I've said this on the show before to other mm-hmm. people. Famously, we had Bob Rosakis, DC's Answer Man, come and talk to us at Pronto Comics once, and he, he said the way that that book is ever going to be worth any money, because they sold 4 million copies, is if you bought 3,999,999 <laughs> copies and burned them all. Be, <laughs> and even then, I don't know it would be worth anything. Because people, I don't know what it is, they just can't understand. The reason why comic books, any comic book is worth anything is because it's rare. It's because right. the war, the golden era during the war years, there was you know rationing of paper, so people uh, would hand stuff back in to be recycled or whatever. And don't forget and, the book burnings. <clears throat> there were yeah, people burned it. You know, uh, classically, your mother or grandmother would come in, take them, and throw them out. And I never threw them out because uh, I always felt like I just paid for this. Why am I going to pay for something and throw it right in the trash afterwards? So I held on to them for years, but. Um, that's why comic books are worth something because they're rare. I love people like I'm. Well, we know someone uh, who's always like you know trying to treat comic books like stocks that you should buy, and I, I never agreed with collecting comic books for that reason. Collect them because you enjoy the story you're reading. Right. Um, it's just that I found it so odd that because everybody thought it was going to be a big deal, they all bought it thinking it's going to be a big deal. And now they're trying to sell it. Can you imagine if somebody has 432 copies of one issue? Like some dude just decided to put, and he had to have gotten that Kickstarter. He had to have put in that money in the yeah. Kickstarter. So how much of that Kickstarter money is actual comic fans? It's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. I don't know. Look, there are some comics that are, that are worth something that came out recently. They just happened to be you know, bigger issues, and it was when Marvel cut back on the runs in like you know the 2010s or whatever so there are a couple of issues of spider-man yeah uh, but are you gonna buy as a normal dude 400 and and, and something no. of one book no 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 that's that's that's, that's my point like my, yeah it's, it's dumb I'm, my point being it's like <laughs> it's not gonna be the big big name book it's the book that's a quiet sleeper that will be worth money so right um, I know the black issue of Spider-Man that was put out right uh, yes. after 9-11. That yes, one's worth that. something because that's, that. that's a powerful book. And they weren't doing million. The other thing that people forget, it's like, yeah, they, they put out, you know, back in the 90s, they'd be putting out variant covers. So you yes. buy not just one, but four different versions of the same comic. Right. People think it's going to be worth something. It's like, it's not. I've looked up some of the books that I own and some that I still kept. Some of them are worth like maybe $40, $50. Right, right. But people think they, they're going to find like an amazing... You're going to find that... Amazing uh, Fantasy Batman number 15 book. or... Yeah, you're going to find like De- Detective Comics number one or something. Like, no, it's not going to happen. So <laughs> actually, that's a good segue for our next uh, bit of news. From the holy trivia question Batman department... In a recent and final issue of Batman Black and White, issue number six, in fact, answers a question that I don't think anyone has ever had since the debut in Detective Comics number 27. And that question is, what is the name of the guy that Batman has in a headlock on the cover? 
as it stands, the scene surrounding it, uh, the apprehension is never actually shown in the actual comic, and the story was never told. So for all you comic fans out there, the name of that guy, do you have a guess of what that guy's name is? All right, so wait, what issue is it again? The original Detective Comics issue number 27, the cover, that has Batman holding on to the guy in a headlock swinging, the, the famous cover of Detective Comics, first appearance of Batman. So that guy now has a name. And all this time, he never had a name, but now he has a name. Now, oh, well, thank God he has a name. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm just in, taking a look at it. Like in the issue of Batman Black and White, they didn't answer that question that no one had. So what do you think this random guy's name is? What, what, what is your thought? I don't even have a guess <laughs> on what they would name this guy. Other, <laughs> other, other than, than what? Jo- other than like Joe Schmo or, you know. So well, I'm looking because I'm I'm looking at the cover now. It's clearly you know, May, right. May of 1930. Interesting enough, this comic is is as old as my father. Wow. My father was born in May of 1939, so Dad and and Batman <laughs> are the same age. Um, Batman, I think, is aged better than my father. <laughs> so, drum roll. His name go. is Henry Clay. That's it. Now you know. Now, now years. Thank God for that. <laughs> Thank God. I, you know, you told me we weren't going to talk about a particular Batman news story, and for a moment there, you're like the question that no one needs to have answered. I was like, oh, is he really going to go into that? Because <laughs> no, that, no. that's also another Batman question no one thought to ask. No. <laughs> I'm just saying we're not even talking about what we're talking about. Like, tell me that isn't that an, also another Batman question no one this cared to know. This is true. What is with these you know, these facts about Batman that no one cares about? See, at least, at least, at least, my Gilligan's Island facts. I feel like it's something that people did wonder at least at one point in time. But yeah, that's fair. That you know, yeah, Gilligan's Island was, and no one really know what the name, the real name. You know what Skip people also that. don't know? I don't know if you you've ever watched The Big Bang Theory, but they've never revealed what Penny's last name is on on The Big Bang Theory. Oh. Never. I did not it's know that. never been revealed. Eventually said, well, it's Hofstetter because she, she married another character, but we right. don't know what her maiden name is. It was never announced. She was just Penny. Oh. Yeah. See? Something else. That's, that is more of a question. <laughs> that is more of a question on people's minds than who is the guy that Batman is headlocking while he's swinging through a bat, on a batarang. So, of course, now my thought immediately went to who are the two guys that Spider-Man is holding up in his amazing fantasy <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder if he has a name. They have names. Did yeah, they that? have names. All right. So I um, don't know. Like they, they couldn't have given. Like, does William Clay? You said right. Henry Clay. Henry Clay. Does Henry Clay? Is he in anything else involving nope. Batman? Is he <laughs> no nope. poured into the Batman mythos? He's the first guy that Batman caught. <laughs> yeah, basically, like that's it. it. It's not even Joe Chill, the man no. who killed the parents. So Correct. it's like it's just some random guy, and that's his just name. some random guy, and someone's like <laughs> someone just flipped a coin like Two-Face and like uh, Henry uh, Clay. There we go. You know. There you go. Yeah. First name I find in the in the phone book. Henry. <laughs> Second surname. Clay. That's how I that's how I named the character. So let's finish this up with um, oh of course my one of our, our most common uh, departments from the That's a lot of nuts department. The horror sequel, A Quiet Place Part 2, has retaken the number one spot 
and the domestic box office pulling in an additional $12 million in ticket sales. To put things into perspective, this time last year, the re-release of Empire Strikes Back took the top spot pulling in $611,000. Keep in mind, this would be the 14th full week of the ongoing pandemic in which most theaters are closed. Of note, the aforementioned Quiet Place is now the highest grossing film of 2021 so far, with $111 million and counting, knocking off Godzilla from its 10-week run at number one with $98.3 million and counting. Uh, once again, as I mentioned in early, uh, previous episodes, what makes this extra interesting is that The Quiet Place is only available to be seen in actual movie theaters while Godzilla is on both HBO Max as well as in theaters. That's mind-boggling to me. Mm. Have you seen either one? I know no. you're not a horror fan. I'm not a horror fan. Seen Godzilla. I've seen either one. I've seen, I saw Godzilla, yeah. I thought you meant either one. You meant, uh, right, Quiet Place course, and... Quiet Place 2. Right. No, I saw Godzilla. I could... Godzilla is, you know, as bad as that movie is, it's a movie that's meant to be seen on the big screen. So I get why people went to see it. I guess you could feel the same way. I think it's a sm- I thought it was a smart business strategy with all these streaming services to continue to do both. I, right. I don't see why, like, but people are just like, no, it has to be on the big screen. Like the upcoming James Bond movie, which is a year late because of... Um, right, the pandemic. Because of the pandemic, they are adamant. They were adamant that it's going to be on the big screen yeah and they held on to it rather than put it out for streaming and i get it but at the same time it's like well you know if they want to be the number one film in 2021 it's possible because quiet place second uh as a third week in a row quiet place uh, two is out and that's not bad yeah first biggest gross movie of the year for three weeks (laughs) not bad not bad yeah, it's, um, it's very slowly, but it actually feels kind of quickly going back to life before. Yeah. So we are out of time. So we have any final thoughts for this segment before we take our break? Um, if you're a motorist in New York City, drive carefully. And with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with a game from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or a product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. It's sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Hi everyone, this is Tom Christopher. I had played Hawk on Buck Rogers on the 25th century, and you are listening to It Came From Radio. During the month of June, get ready for Sinister War, Infinite Frontier, and Extreme Carnage at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. And join our membership program where you can save 10% on every purchase. The Long Island Tropicon is coming this July through August. Come to the store for more details. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday from 2 to 7, Saturday and Sunday from noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in beautiful Baldwin, New York. Call us at 516-763-1133. Thank you and stay safe. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Burden Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about the TV show, The Queen's Gambit. Oh man, The Queen's Gambit, Netflix special, right? Yeah. So I saw this um, 
couple of months back, I think, when it came out, right? Yeah, and I remember one. I remember I saw the first episode with you guys, and then you were like, "Okay, no." <laughs> right, we didn't want you to watch it. We did not want you to watch it because it was just a lot of drug. Uh, a lot of drugs, drug, drug and alcohol use, and we weren't a big fan of showing you that. But then. I think as time goes, went on, we kind of realized, like, you watch a lot of that type of stuff anyway. Yeah, more or less, Mom, uh, we had a conversation with our uh, childhood friends. and Well, I did. And they were saying how they had a different perspective on it, basically, that it instead of showing, oh, this person does drugs, like, making the- it a bad way, it's like, oh, this is why you don't do drugs, because of a... Ju- Oh, addiction. Really? Yes, that's what convinced mom. But I that's kind of a weird argument because if you think about it, you know, she was a basically a genius who needed alcohol and drugs to kind of get through understand or or focus in a way or loosen up to Yeah. Becoming the chess player that she was. So this is this is all about chess, guys. So <laughs> you know, it was Yeah. It's, um, how many episodes was it? Uh, seven. And you watched them twice? You watched it twice? Uh, well, I watched it once, and then I watched the sixth and seventh episode again, just to process. And what did you get out of it that you processed? That you're a genius, or she's a genius, or Uh, more or less I watched the sixth episode again, because, like, there were some parts where I'm like, oh my god, that went too fast. Okay. Like, for me to just... Sometimes I need to, like, the social network, I think I have to watch again, because... Well, we'll talk about the social yeah. network next time. Um, like, but there are some movies, like, I feel like, oh, I have to watch again, because there are little details that I notice in one. It's like, the first time, it's just, oh, entertainment. The second time, it's, like, more in... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I watch movies over and over again. I mean, when I was a kid, I watched Superman 1 24 times. What? <laughs> wait, wait, don't tell me that's... Wait, are you kidding? The first Superman, 24 times. Actually? You yeah. counted that. Yeah, I uh, counted that. I watched it a Why? lot. Why? Oh. Why? I don't know. I just loved Superman. Why? I thought Superman was great. I, I liked Lex Luthor. I thought it was amazing. You know? So I watched it 24 times. Oh. I actually still have the... I have the VHS tape downstairs. I have it stored away. You're crazy. I don't... I, you know what? It was a great movie. Did you see it? No. I don't think so. Right. Yeah. So. I, no, I have. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've seen it. It's a good movie. I only remember, like, one part of it, though. (laughs) Maybe, like, two. The beginning, and then when Superman sees through, like... Yeah. The, um... Sees through a present or something. Yes, probably. (laughs) And it's a train. (laughs) It's a train. So tell me more about the Queen's Gambit. Uh, I really loved it. Um... There was definitely, yeah, a lot of drug use, but I also, like, found it funny how she built so many relationships so fast. Well, did she have a lot of relationships? Not really, not really, but, hey, they were sort of a mess. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, I mean, it's just her life. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I liked watching her grow up and... Well, she was an orphan, you know? Yeah. And that was kind of the thing. She was an orphan and... Wasn't really treated the best. I think even her mom had passed away or something for some... I forgot the reason, but... Yeah, I forgot the reason, also. I've, and I we don't want to spoil it too much yeah. for you. <laughs> Only a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, basically, I think the Queen's Gambit was, um, overall I loved it. it it's a miniseries. Um, yeah, so did you want to play chess after this or what? No. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> uh, it, it's, no, because it also showed how freaking hard it is to... So if it's hard, that means you don't want to play? Yeah. <laughs> no. That sounds lame. <laughs> oh, shush. <laughs> All right, so would you recommend it? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> Was that like four yeses? I don't know. Wait, four out yes, of five? Yes. Yes, four, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's too funny. All right, well, in, you know, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. All right, bye-bye. Looking to sell your entire comic collection? Have that one key issue you're trying to unload? Well, look no further than Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic book shop. Buying and selling comics, toys, and merchandise with experience in the industry for over 30 years. From Golden Age Comics all the way up to the present, they want to buy your stuff. Reach out to them online at www.royalcollectiblesonline.com or give them a call at 718-793-0542. That's Royal Collectibles in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. So I know I recommended uh, the Sandman series a couple months ago or so. And it's still obviously a strong recommendation in my opinion. But I've been seeing a lot of these articles uh, about the new Sandman TV show that's going to come out from Netflix. uh, Specifically about... (laughs) how Neil Gaiman wanted to cast a non-binary actor for a non-binary, binary, binary, sorry, role um, of desire. And people are somehow annoyed by this. It's like, it makes perfect sense to me um, if you've read the books. Anyway, so I see these articles coming out about the Sandman TV show, and it's clear to me based off of the casting, that a lot of this first season, at least, is going to be very heavily drawn upon by the first book in the ten-book series called Preludes and Nocturnes. And that's why I want to make that the pick of the week this week. Um, They're, I think, believing that the show is going to come out in uh, early 2022. So you got plenty of time to go to your local bookstore and believe me, you can find this these comics, uh, Sandman, at bookstores, Barnes & Noble, local bookstores, wherever. They will have them. Uh, or you can go to your lo- local comic book store, which is probably even more important to go to. Or you can definitely find this on online. Um, Preludes and Nocturnes is the, you know, the thing that sets up the Sandman universe. It's... Uh, it teaches you everything you're going to need to know to some degree about reading Sandman. It's important. If you're going to want to watch the show, you have to at least read Preludes and Nocturnes to understand what's going on with the character. It's an interesting 12-issue um, arc because it's really an 8-issue arc. And Neil Gaiman has discussed this himself. Back then, when DC Comics would do a new comic, it was a point of honor for them to do 12 issues. That's no longer true, and it wasn't true before that, but around that time it happened to be true. And 
so I really wanted to be just successful enough that they would allow me to do my year. And when I plotted the first Sandman story, I made it eight issues long. And I made it eight issues long because I knew that at issue eight would be the point where I would get the phone call saying, well, it's a minor critical success, but it's not actually selling anything. So we're going to go to issue 12, can you stop? And I would write four short stories and then stop. And I had a few ideas for short stories. Only when I got to issue eight, we were selling more copy, more comics than any comparable comic had sold in, in decades. So I carried on. And truthfully, thank God that he did carry on because it's an amazing series, as you can listen to the full-on pick that I had done a couple months ago. But anyway, like I was saying, this week's pick of the week is definitely Preludes and Nocturnes. It's the place that you're going to want to start if you're interested at all in seeing this upcoming Netflix show. You're going to want to see it. I'm sure they're going to change things around and things are not going to be exactly what's in Preludes and Nocturnes, but it's going to give you... A, uh, a great sort of um, basis to work off of. So that's this week's pick of the week. Uh, Neil Gaiman, Sandman, Volume 1, Preludes and Nocturnes. Go check it out. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to the Came From Radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. I have none other than the head and creator of the Nassau County... All right, let's, let, me, let, me, let me start again. What is the name of your new convention? This one's going to be the Nassau Collector's Marketplace. Nassau Collector's Marketplace, because I used to know you from the... Long Island Comic Book Expo. So Correct. I guess the uh, Greg Iosa. So let me just uh, ask the, the big question. Why the name change? Uh, not so much a name change, just a separate show. Oh, okay. Um, the, the Expo will be back next year. Um, just taking a year off uh, from doing the largest show with, uh, you know, indoors with coronavirus. Um, so I decided to change it up this year and do something that, uh, you know, people can do and people can still attend and feel safe going to. So this is strictly an out, an outdoor uh, event and are you planning to have it ongoing or is just a one-time deal? Hmm. Well, so this show is going to be, uh, it's going to be a monthly show this summer. Um, it's going to be the second Saturday of every month, um, from, uh, June to October. So we're looking at, uh, 
June 12th, uh, uh, July 10th, uh, August 14th, September 11th, and October 9th. Um, it's going to be from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, it is mostly an outdoor show. Uh, I'd say about 80% of the show is outdoors. We did our first one this last week, and it was all outdoors. But um, guidelines have changed, and with the vaccine coming out and things getting a little uh, easier on everybody, uh, we did add a little uh, indoor section to the show as well for people coming up as well now. And what happens uh, if it rains or, or something like that? Are you, is it because it's summer, you're expecting no rain, or do you have a backup plan for that? Uh, right now, I mean, if, if it's, we're having like a monsoon or it's really bad rain, we're just going to cancel it. There's no rain date because uh, we're doing one once a month. So if it rains out, just come to the one next month. Okay. So what makes the marketplace a marketplace as opposed to a comic convention? What's, what's the difference? Uh, well, you know, normally you do the comic show and you get, you know, your, your comic vendors and your artists and your pops and everything, you know, pop culture and comic bookie. Uh, with this one, I wanted to open it up for all collectors. Um, we're now allowing uh, vinyl in, uh, sports cards, non-sports cards, um, toys, um, we've always had toys, but, you know, pretty much anything collectible that, you know, you can think of, we're trying to have, it's a little bit of something for everyone at this one. We're still going to have plenty of comics and artists though. And that's still going to be our, you know, our focal point, but we, we want to let everybody, uh, in for this. I think having, um, a wide variety, it, 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 it creates an inclusivity, which I think is a good time to have at this point in time of the year. Um, was that something that you had thought about when you started with this idea? Because I'm sure you didn't just come up with this idea yesterday. You had to have been thinking about what to do last year when you had to cancel the Long Island Comic Expo, right? Or, or am I wrong? Uh, you know, I've always been thinking about doing a, a more of a collectible show for a, a while now. Um, you know, so I feel like, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand. Like a lot of people that do collect, you know, comics, they, they also collect, you know, sports cards or non-sports cards or, or with me you know i like to collect music and vinyl um and you even see it like in comic books you know with, with the comic book covers they come out with you know hip-hop covers or they do like homage covers to different rock albums um so i think it's already you know the mix is already there and you know it's easy enough to bring these collectors together now one of the things that i've noticed at uh, collectible shows is that collectors love to have their stuff valued and graded. Do you going to have any type of grading or value uh, system there, like a CGC or whoever the hell, what other guys they make? Um, what was the, uh, yeah. In the past, in the past, I have had uh, CBCS at the show. Yeah, that's the uh, one. <laughs> uh, I, I am uh, making some phone calls and uh, we are looking into that. Um, I want to see about having uh, for comics as well as now I'm also looking to see if I can get somebody in there to grade uh, cards as well, since we're going to be adding the card aspect to the show. Do you personally know a lot about the cards and the trading card games and all that stuff? Or is it just something like, hey, this is a really cool uh, market. Let's get everybody involved. You know what? I'm more into when I was growing up more into like the sports cards uh, market and uh, baseball cards. Um, I don't really know so much about, you know, the gaming cards, but I know that it's huge. <laughs> um, so, you know, but all, everybody that I know, you know, I know a lot of people that are into it. So I just don't be a good, you know, add on for the show. Um, and along with like, you know, the comic book market, you know, you know, the card markets doing incredible right now. 
I, th- I think somebody uh, what was it the Wayne Gretzky rookie card sold for like a, a record amount a couple weeks ago. I've 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 always I mean I understood that part of it the collectible trading card thing, but it always uh, put a little knot in my head trying to figure out the collectible comic book market because they put it in like a little case, and you can't open and enjoy the book. At least with a card, you can see both sides. You can enjoy the card. Um, do you have a personal thought about that on the comic book front? You know, I always think that, you know, with, with, with comic books, I can see why they would like hold their value longer because, and people would want it like through the ages because like Spider-Man is going to be Spider-Man 20 years from now. And Superman is going to be Superman 30 years from now. But like with sports cards, 20 years from now, you might not know a player that played second base for the Mets, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> like have you ever gone through like um a box of like baseball cards from like 30 years ago you'd probably know like five percent of the players yeah i mean i can only think of one off the top of my head i think of one met player right now that's currently playing no i mean like you know like 20 years ago yeah yeah well but if i pulled you a box of comics from 20 years ago you would know them all i i might i i i probably have a I probably have a, a, a memory like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember that guy. But I'm sure they'll be like, oh, there's some I don't remember. Because as, as they say, the, the, the cream rises to the top. So all the stuff that you forget about is forgotten for a reason. We all still remember Super Pro. <laughs> so um, the one thing I, I knew about the Long Island Comic Expo was that it was $5. That's why you were always the $5 guy. Um, the, the marketplace, how much is that going to be? I decided to, to jack it up this year and do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it, it, it's going to be an outdoor show. I didn't really, you know, think it would be that awesome to rope off, you know, you know, a parking lot and have all this like string up everywhere and tell people they got to, you know, go over here and pay admission and whatnot. I just, you know, with after coronavirus happening and nobody able to get out and go to shows for the last two years and whatnot, you know, I just, you know, wanted to do something that, you know, everybody can get out and do and have fun, you know, not have to worry about, you know, paying, you know, twenty dollars to get into a show. One of the things I, I found interesting is that we actually had when you were actually in the studio, um, we talked about the value and the and the price. And I was like, you should make things. New York Comic Con should be free. The value should be lowered. But then there's a certain point of perceived value with a given value. So as a business, how do you make any money if you try, if you're if you're letting everybody in for free? Uh probably not gonna make too much money this year around. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Hey, that's no, an honest I, answer. <laughs> I, you know, I, I do this every year and, you know, I'm planning on coming back big and strong next year with the expo. Um, but I, I didn't want to take a, a year off and have, you know, the artists and the vendors not be able to go out and vend and make money and, you know, have all the, you know, fans not be able to go out and have fun and, and see people because, you know, a big part about going to, you know, conventions and these shows isn't even so much going to see the artists and the vendors, but it's just like, you know, that camaraderie is like seeing all your friends, but you have like a certain, like, just like a, a, a click of like con friends that you see when you go to all these shows that I feel like a lot of people have been missing for the last few years you know, or last year. You can only get so much like, you know, but, groups on Skype and Zoom and all that. Oh, man. So, you know. Did you not remember you're not supposed to curse? Sorry, editor. <laughs> oh, did I curse? <laughs> That's all right. We'll, we'll bleep it out. It's all good. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, you know, I just like... 
you don't really need to make that much. Like, you know, I mean, they get crazy. Some of these shows, you see people charging, you know, $75 for a weekend or, you know, what's the new thing um, with the city? Now you have to pay like a licensing fee, like with football, where you, you have, you get to pay to have the right to buy your tickets. <laughs> I was, uh, we actually talked about that on one of the, uh, one of our shows about how New York Comic Con is having memberships to give you early access to buy tickets. Um, I personally understand what they're trying to do. Like I said, from a business point, I understand it. But personally, I do not uh, condone it. I do not, I'm like, I don't think it's a good idea. Is that, as, as an event organizer, what do you think about that? I mean, my goal, like even though all along, I've always told you, I want to have a show to size in New York Comic Con that I put on for free. You know, I, I feel like a lot of, you know, people, you know, might get a little too greedy with their shows. Like, I don't know. Well, it, it does, it does, you don't need that much to, to you know, if, if fans are coming and, and, and the artists are there and the vendors are there. Some yeah. of this, I mean, one of the, one of the things that I, I've noticed for for big big shows like um, I would say Ace Comic Con would be the one at the top of my head because those tickets were exorbitant uh, when they had it in in New York. Uh, but part of that price is the celebrities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's having and, and that's... yeah. Well, that's what it comes down to. It's, it's what, what do you want? Do you, do you want to go out with, you know, your family and have fun, buy a bunch of comics, you know, you know, have an enjoyable day? Or do you want to go out and just spend a lot of money to meet one guy and get an autograph? <laughs> well, once again, it depends on uh, who's, who's that autograph that you want to get. Because, you know, if it, if it was Stan Lee, people would pay. That's just how it was. I, I remember there was I mean, a... Difficult getting him to the show right now. Well, <laughs> yes, it'd be, be extremely hard. <laughs> my, my show, I've always designed a show that I want to be very family friendly and kid friendly. Um, that's why it's, always, it's been $5 for the expo and the kids have always gotten it free. I always try and bring in as many interactive things for, you know, you know, families and kids as possible. I, you know, I want it to be more of like, you know, a carnival, an event, something that people are going to go out. You know, even if you don't enjoy comics, you can come and have fun and enjoy the day spent here with other people. No, that's fair enough. Um, Will there be uh, food? Is there what kind of uh, COVID uh, restrictions are we going to have? Um, well, it's, it's actually going to be pretty awesome. Uh, being outdoors, I'm going to have a couple of food trucks are coming in. Um, so that's going to be really great. Uh, it's funny, the, a bunch of the vendors are all fighting. Everybody wants to be next to the Zeppelin truck. <laughs> um, I, might, I might get to get an ice cream guy there. Um, we have uh, the radio station comes down and plays music and you can meet the guys from the radio station, the, the DJs and whatnot. Like I said, I really want it to be more of like a, a fair, you know, carnival type of feel to it. People can come down and just enjoy themselves. All right, fair enough. Um, most important part, where can people find out more about the event? Where is the event? Is there a website? All that stuff. Go. Okay. So the show is at. I'm going to say this wrong, probably. It's, it's the Samania New York Mall, which everybody's saying, hey, where is that? It's the Source Mall, <laughs> if you all remember. Uh, the Source Mall is at 1508 Old Country Road. Uh, it used to hold uh, Circuit City, uh, Fortune Offs. Uh, who else is over there? Uh, Dave & Cheesecake Factory, Dave & Buster's. Cheesecake Factory and Dave & Buster's are still over there. Um, they're they're just redid the entire mall. It's brand new construction, so they're reopening the mall with all new stores. 
Um, the show is going to be, like I said, second Saturday of every single month uh, from uh, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, so if you're looking for uh, good deals and bargains, get there early. Like I said, the show is free. So, you know, don't worry about bringing out the whole family. And uh, what else do we need to know? Um, COVID restrictions, masks, no masks. Is there a six social distancing? What, what's uh, the deal with that? I mean, I have all the vendors social distance with space in between them. I mean, the restrictions are, are getting more and more lenient. Uh, I believe this is actually as of yesterday or two days ago, New York actually got rid of all their restrictions. So it's really up to, you know, people, if you feel comfortable wearing a mask, by all means, nobody's going to stop you. You know, if, if you don't want to, I mean, that's up to you. I mean, it's whatever the New York uh, you know laws are as we get to each one each month, because I'm sure they're going to be changing from month to month still. So um, I guess the final question, actually, we have a few more minutes. So um, if this, how, how can you deem this event to be successful if you're not charging for tickets? I, in the same way, I kind of judge every one of my events. I don't really judge them by, you know, the money or afterwards or how much I made or like how many people came in the door. The best way to judge them is how many people come back next time. Oh, okay. So is yeah, this... Yeah. So if successful um, with everybody, it's the second uh, Saturday of every month during the summer and all the way up to um, October, you said, right? Yep. We're going all the way up until October 9th is going to be the final show for uh, this season. So will, do you have plans to bring it back next year in conjunction with the Long Island Comic Expo or is it just something for this year because of the way things are? It is a possibility. Um, it, it, it's in the thoughts because, you know, with the comic book expo, that's, you know, a pure, you know, comic book show, uh, you know, so it, it might be nice to have something like this on the island. I don't know if you remember uh, back on the island, there used to actually be um, a flea market in the same area. They used to have the big uh, flea market at the Roosevelt Raceway before they knocked down the track and built them all. The only that- flea market that I was ever familiar with was the one in Aqueduct, and I'd never been there. And so I'm like, I'm my, my knowledge of flea markets is very limited. Uh, yeah, this, this must have went on for like 20 years or something like that at the Roosevelt Raceway, right? And then they knocked it down. They built a movie theater in a mall and all that good stuff. Well, that's progress for you. Um, so, but uh, I think okay. it could be a cool thing having everything there, you know, having the vinyl guys and the sports guys and the dolls and the toys and the music and everything. Is there going to be like more like a party atmosphere where um, they'll be dancing and there'll be um, ice skating or rollerblading or stuff like that? Or is it just like a, a gathering event, which would be, if you think about it, more like if you were at a, a park or a beach, but in a parking lot? Well, now that you brought it up, the second you get down there, I'm making you dance. I'm, I'm adding that to the flyer. Uh, we're going to have dancing from uh, Mark Torres from It Came From The Radio at 2 o'clock, uh, second Saturday of every month. You can have like an online date, uh, not online, uh, in-person dating, uh, what is it, uh, speed dating you can have. Well, you know, they, they have like, you know, the kissing booths. We're going to have a dancing booth where for $3 for three minutes, I'm going to do the cha-cha with you. Um, cosplayers. <laughs> Are cosplayers welcome? Are costumes, is there going to be a costume competition or is it just um, more of a, a non-costume yeah. event? Cosplayers are always welcome. Um, as of right now, uh, we do not have uh, anything set up as far as a contest. Um, I mean, we'll see how that goes, though. I mean, it's, a, it's an evolving show. You know, we'll see, you know, in a couple of weeks when we do the July show, if a lot of cosplayers show up, hey, you know, maybe we'll start doing a, a contest. 
So what do you think would be the biggest takeaway from the year off you've had with coming up with the marketplace and your future thoughts from the expo? Or is it something that this is the plan and this is just a bump in the road? Uh, no, it's just, it's just a bump in the road, you know, with, with the expo, we're still, you know, looking at bringing that back next year, you know, bigger and better than ever. Um, and, you know, I think we might actually keep going with the NASA collectors marketplace as well, because it's a different entity. I mean, you got the comic show that brings you, you know, like, like even you brought that, like the cosplay contest, you know, the, the big panels and, you know, everything that would go with a comic book show. Uh, this is going to be something different. You know, okay. you get, it's, it's, it's comfortable. It's, it's, a, it's a relaxed atmosphere being outside. Um, also, there's a lot more product. All the vendors can fit more. They can bring more. Um, you, you got more variety in what you're purchasing. Um, you know, you can bring the whole family and everybody's going to find something. You're not going to have anybody that's like, you know, telling you they want to go. There's just nothing that, you know, entertains them or keeps their interest. There's going to be, you know, something for everybody. It's going to keep everybody happy and entertained. It's, it's like uh, what, the, the guide chair when women go shopping, they all have to sit on the bench and wait. Exactly. <laughs> Except instead of a chair, we give everybody something to do. <laughs> that, that's, how, that's how it should be. Um, is there a website that people can look up stuff or is it just go to the Simonia Mall second Saturday? Uh, uh, your best bet now is uh, just uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and different social media. We're on uh, you know, Instagram. It's at NASA Collectors Marketplace. Um, same with, uh, you can find us on Facebook, just look up NASA Collectors Marketplace. All right. Um, yes. Any other place? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter? Uh, no, that's it for now. Um, are you going to be posting about the dancing on your, uh, site? <laughs> yes. I will be sure to post that there's a dancing, is a, there's a $3 dance off <laughs> for every second Saturday at the Samania Mall. <laughs> What I didn't tell you that is that at the end of the five weeks, whoever is the best dancer, you have to marry. <laughs> that's, I think that's worth more than $3. <laughs> well, I mean, the $3 adds up. We're going to have a lot of dancers. <laughs> so we're almost out of time. Do you have any final thoughts? Are we really out of time or do you just not want to dance? No, we're almost out of time. It's uh, we have 15 minutes. So you we're can dance if you want to. <laughs> Uh, no, listen, uh, I hope everybody makes it out this summer. Um, I think it's going to be a great time. Uh, like always, like I said, I'm really trying to do this for, for, you know, people bring out their, you know, family, children, get everybody out there. It's going to be a free show. Uh, you know, so we can, you know, save that money for buying from the vendors and the artists who have, you know, all been looking to sell their products for the last, you know, 18 months now or so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's it. I guess I'll see you all there. All right. So uh, my final thought is this. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Um, much continued success. Um, I really think it's cool that free is the way to go. Um, I, I'm always a free guy and $5 guy. I always like the, the low end, but uh, it does not deter from the value that you provide. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with We Came From The Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show.
So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our website, www.itcamefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as goodtalkradio.com, btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. <laughs>